Hello, and welcome to the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us. Today's message is here to help you preach the good news everywhere in your day-to-day life. Here at Covenant Fellowship, we accomplish this by encountering God, loving people, and serving others with everything we've got. Now let's dive in. Let's get into our study. We are on demonology part two. If everybody got a handout, did all of you get a handout? Anybody need a handout? No one needs a handout. All right, we got those. We're going to learn a little bit together. Now, let me repeat myself for just a little bit here because this is very important. These, these type of topics can get real uh, interesting. But the point of teaching demonology is to show the superiority of Christ, not the, not the spookiness of demons. Not the work of demons for the sake of just, whoa, you know, but for the sake of the reality that no matter where they work and no matter what they've done and no matter how much they've tried to plague you or my life, Christ is superior. And that's the point of this. But at the same time, the Bible says we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. What you don't know can be killing you. When you don't recognize that there's an enemy that is apart from your flesh. Yeah, we all have fleshly desires. The Bible says that we're led astray when we're led astray by our own lust and enticed. But where does that enticement come from? That enticement comes from the very one who wants you to rebel against God. And that's the, that's the enemy, and we know about uh, the, not just Satan, but there's helpers with him on that, and they're, they're demons. Uh, we can see it all throughout the New Testament. Jesus dealt with demons. Paul dealt with demons. Peter dealt with demons. And just because the Bible's written now doesn't mean, uh-oh, the Bible's written, we all got to go. That's not how it worked, okay? They're still real. They still are influencing people. Listen to me. I'm going to say something else. going to take this a little deeper. They're still possessing people, and they still are operating. Now, where are demons? Well, I can just tell you this. They seek a place of rest. Matthew 25, remember, they seek a place of rest. Where do they want to rest? In bodies. It seems to find, they seem to find a pleasure of rest in bodies. So, let me just put this put it this way. Where there's people, there's demon activity. Ooh. Where there's people, there's demonic activity. Okay? And so, but we're supposed to resist him steadfastly in the faith, right? And when he comes to attack you, submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, that's all good and fine, but how do some people get involved and allow the devil to either possess or take control in their life? It's simple. Get involved in their God rebellion, and you're a great candidate. You start rebelling against the truth of God's word, whether in thought or deed, you become a great candidate for a great reception. And it's the reception of demonic activity in your own life. So, resist him steadfastly in the faith. 
Because if you don't, he comes in and all of a sudden everything shifts. Your motivation for life shifts. You'll find that the motivation for life is a constant rebellion against God. You won't call it that. You won't call it that, but it will be that, a constant rebellion against God. So anyway, online family, we welcome you guys for being a part today. And I did have you up where I could see you. There you are. We got folks in, I see Peru on here. I see Colombia on here. And then I see several, a few different states on here. Uh, and then I see some of our church family on here. So it's good to see all of you guys tonight. Bless you. All right, let's get into part number two. If you have your handout, uh, Sam's got for us our, uh, our microphone for the sake of those that are online and uh, might get some of you guys to read in just a little bit. So if you brought your Bibles, want you to have your Bibles with your handout. If you got it electronically, that's fine. If you got an old-fashioned one, that's perfectly fine. So uh, let's, let's talk just a few minutes. So this is the order and habitation of demons. The demonic realm is busy and active as the natural realm. It's as busy and active as the natural realm. The demon rank and file is very organized and unified and in some degree even puts sometimes the church in, in, to shame. You get, you get two areas of demonic work doing well, they'll celebrate one another. You get two churches doing well and they'll downgrade one another. Be jealous of one another. That's not cool. That, that's not cool at all. So, so, so let's look at this. Where do we get kind of rank and file? Now listen, I want you to track with me here a little bit. I've done a lot of study in some of these areas and some commentaries would disagree that this is a rank and file uh, list. Some would just say that's random. It's just random terminology for the same thing. Uh, but I, I think that we can show a few things, especially as we look at this, that there are some level of rank and file and where uh, maybe how that operates. So let's look at it a little bit. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. So this seems to have a hierarchy realm to it. It seems to have some order or list with which they march out or at least do their work. The verse shows us that the rank and file, beginning with the lowest petty officer, a principality, ascended to the generals, ascending to the generals, wicked spirits in heavenly places in the demon army. Some devils are even more wicked than others. Let's read Matthew 12 and 45. Who wants to find Matthew 12 and 45? You've already got it, Janie. Read that for us if you don't mind. state of that mind, man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Okay, so you see that? 
the one goes out, but when he comes back, bringing seven more wicked than himself. In other words, there, there is a, there's something that seems to be, you know, I've gone to get my daddy kind of thing. I've gone, I've gone to get my big brother kind of thing. Uh, so you see that in that passage of Scripture. Satan is called the God of this world in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. He is the captain over all demon entities. The whole earth is his domain. How did he get this domain? He got this domain from the in, in two ways. Number one, he was kicked out of heaven. Y'all remember last week we talked about from Ezekiel 28, we also talked about from Isaiah how that the enemy was first Lucifer, an angel who rebelled. God kicked him out of the what would be called the third heaven. He failed, he's still a spirit being, but he fell in a dimension that one would maybe consider closer to earth's habitation. Now, when God created his human beings, he created them with authority over that dimension. The problem is, is that when the enemy enticed man, man forfeited his authority. Man forfeited his domain in the sense that what man used to have authority over now took authority over, over him in that dimension. Even though we were human beings, we had still the spirit ability to communicate. How do I know that? God breathed into man. Man became a living soul through the dimension of the spirit. When God created man, he created him from the dust of the ground. But man did not have life or spirit life in him. So therefore God breathed into him and now he has spirit life. Now he has the ability to communicate in the natural, you to me, and the spirit, us to God. That's a powerful thing. God is spirit. God is spirit. And we're supposed to worship. They that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth, so there's the spirit connection to God, but there is the natural connection for, to, to the natural world. Because there is that spirit realm and the enemy, Satan, a Lucifer, an angel of spirit nature, was cast out to a lower portion than God's realm, heaven. Now the enemy occupies a lower, a lower dimension. And that's because we're spirit beings as well. We have the capacity to communicate in the realm of the spirit. And as a result of that, we have the, the, that, that type of capacity. But what God's intention was, was that we rule that in his authority. But the enemy steps in and he entices Adam and Adam forfeits his authority. Adam forfeits his relational value. Adam, in his forfeitation of that, then, then Satan then begins to own in that realm. Okay? You say, how do I know Satan owns in that realm? We'll get to that in a few minutes, but I'll just give you a hint right now. You remember when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness for those 40 days? Do you remember when the devil said to him, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth? Jesus 
if, if it were not so, Jesus would have rose up and said, wait a minute, they're not yours to give. They're not yours to give. How can you give me something you don't have? Jesus didn't question whether he could give them or not, whether they, they belonged to him or not. The reality was, was that they did through a failure. But they were about to be ravaged by a success. When Jesus died on the cross, taking ownership back on behalf of humanity, he imparted something to believers called the keys of the kingdom, the victory back that we owned. And now we, through the power of the Spirit of God and through identity with Christ, have authority to take our domain back. All right, so 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 let's go. Let's let's go. Satan is called the king of this world. Second Corinthians four and four. He's the captain over all demon entities. The whole earth is his domain. He obtained this dominion from Adam in the garden. He, uh, the book of Job lets us know that Satan roams the whole earth in Job one and seven. Also, when Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan took Jesus and showed him the kingdoms of the world. Matthew four and eight and nine. The kingdoms. Are, were Satan's to show and to give. Some evil spirits uh, have a king over them named Apollyon. Now, let, let, let's just be, put this in here, but I want to share with something with you. Apollyon, you can find this in Revelation chapter 9. Depending on the translation that you have, Jen, won't you read Revelation chapter 9, verse 11, if you have it. So you have Abaddon, the Hebrew name, Apollyon, the Greek name, or a, a Greek equivalent with, with uh, koine. Uh, not koinonia in terms of fellowship, but koine in terms of relational. Uh, so, but here's the deal. He's called the, the, the locust king. That actually means the locust king. Apollyon means the locust king or king of the abyss or king of the bottomless pit. It's interesting. Now, the bottomless pit doesn't mean that he has authority more than the Lord to chain him to the bottomless pit, but that it's metaphorical from the standpoint of that he has, uh, his, his, his domain is of darkness, and that is where he will ultimately be banished to and all who follow him, okay? So, so let's... Uh, and, and, of course, you see that in Revelation that he is basically noted as a king. So, uh, anyway, so let's talk about the three habitations of demons. Three habitations. Now, I want to be careful here just a little bit because... Um, ministry and demons and how they all work and you got to be careful when you go to YouTube and look some of this stuff up or online and look some of this stuff up because there is uh, there's there's an influence that's come into the church that bothers me it's called it's called the Anakian 
doctrine or the Anakian, the Anakian ideology. What is the Anakian ideology? Uh, in, in the book of Jude, or actually in Hebrew that would be the book of Judah, in the book of Jude, uh, Jude refers to a statement that is found in the writings called the book of Enoch. How many of you have ever heard of the book of Enoch? Several of you have. Okay. So there's a, there, there, and it keeps surfacing, it surfaces over a period of time. Someone will read about the, the book of Enoch. Actually, there's three renditions of that, the first, second, third Enoch the only one that has heavy credibility in some ways is First Enoch because it has some information that would seem to have prophetic value. And a copy, or at least partial copies, uh, I shouldn't even say partial, some copies or some fragments of the book of Enoch was found the same time the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. So some would say, okay, the, the early Jews in the intertestamental period, the, the time of silence between Malachi and Matthew, about 400 years there, we call it uh, the, the time of s- the, the silence of God. Um, it's the intertestament period. It, um, it is where you get the story of the Maccabees, the Maccabean revolt, if you know anything about that. How many know the Jews put a Hanukkah candle up? Hanukkah is referring to a time during the intertestamental period whereby God moved in some way that there was not enough oil for the candle stick to burn a period of time, but it burned for like eight days or something like that. Um, lots, lot of history right in that period of time, but the writings of the book of Enoch seem to point during that intertestamental time. And the reason that it is significant is because, as I told you last week, the Bible doesn't go into great detail about the, the uh, origin of demons. But the book of Enoch does. And because the book of Enoch does, there's people who've read the book of Enoch and then elevate it almost to the place or if not equal to the place of Scripture. Because the argument is, is that it should have been involved in the canonization of Scripture. Well, when it is put to the same canonizational test as your Bible is, it woefully falls short. So what is the point? The point is, is that a lot of stuff that you hear online about the watchers and all kinds of things, that comes from an Enochian understanding of the, of the origin of demons. What makes that dangerous? It's not Bible. Okay, that, that's what makes it dangerous. It may be true, but it also may not be equally true. If you were to go get a commentary, uh, and you were to get a commentary from, let's say, let's say you got a Schofield Bible, and there's some, there's some commentary on there. It may be 100% accurate about the grace of God, but it's equally 100% accurate about the gifts of God. 
Do you understand? In other words, it might be great about justification by faith and the understanding of how you are saved through justification by faith, but it's commentary on the gifts of the Spirit or baptism of the Holy Spirit. You and I know as Spirit-filled believers, it's totally wrong. So to take the book of Enoch and say, well, this is what proves where demons come from and when they're, how they are and what they're supposed to do and how they work and how you're supposed to take authority over them, it could be true, but it could not be true because it's basically a commentary. And just because it was found with Dead Sea, if you came into my house and I died and you found what I read, bro, listen, <laughs> I mean, I got stuff. I got stuff on the Bible. I mean, I got Bibles. I got stuff that I believe and stuff I don't even believe. I just want to know where people are coming from. You understand what I'm saying? So just because it was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls does not elevate it. And you can't say, well, just because those first century Jews thought enough of the book of the Enoch to have it with the copies of the Bible, so what? Was there a staff there too? Like, was there a collection of rocks? Dude might have collected rocks. I, I don't know. Here's the point that I'm trying to drive home to you. Be careful when you start listening to people who elevate an Anakian understanding of the demonic realm. Are we cool? <laughs> so, uh, so what I'm trying to do and trying to help you here is not be swayed down those, path, pass, uh, uh, those paths because in doing study, just watch what you read. Because you can read a lot of things that will get you off track. And they might be good things, but our test for all things is do they line up with the Word of God? Is it actually what the Bible says? Here's what people have done with that. They'll go off and read the book of Enoch, then come back and read the Bible, and then read it into the Bible. Bro, you can read anything into the Bible if you're not careful. You can't, you can't go to the Bible and try to read something in it. You've got to go to the Bible and let it read out of itself. Let it bring revelation to your heart based upon its authenticity, not based upon perceived ideology. Are we good? Are we good? Okay. Okay, the rank and, <laughs> the rank and file of demons affect their seat of authority and are of their influence, or in their influence, their rank determines their habitation. For instance, there are three habitations of devils. Number one, nations. The demons of highest rank are assigned over nations, or somehow, I put it aside, or are somehow over a nation when, when we take a look at the Bible. They rule over a nation and, are, and direct the demonic activities among the cities and the peoples of that nation. The Bible speaks of the prince of the kingdom of Persia and the prince of Greece, Daniel 10, 11, and 21. And the word prince there, we get, we get wrecked on the word prince a little bit because when we, do, when we say prince, Disney comes to our mind. And so Disney is the dude that gets the girl and lives happily ever after. 
Prince from a biblical standpoint simply means rulership. Okay? <laughs> so, Jesus being the Prince of Peace doesn't need to take on a Disney idea of Aladdin. He needs to take on the ruler of peace. Yeah, that's so good. I get all by myself in there. Anyway, and, and also the king of Tyre in Ezekiel 28 in Babylon. So these are references to demonic activity or de demons of the highest order and the nations over which they have power or has, has seized power. Now, I, I, we, can, we can theorize how they got there and n none of us will know. It, it isn't as though God looks at him and says, well, okay, you can have Persia. Well, okay, you can have this. Well, okay, you can have that. And then God just puts them over there to just try to do what they do. Here's how I think that happens. Now, again, let me say this. Here's how I think that happens. A, a pervasive way of thinking begins to get into the mind of the people who agree with the demonic thought that is being introduced and participate with it until it becomes the, the, the dominant power of the area. So let's go on down a little bit. Cities. Demons of the next lower rank are assigned over cities. Now, I believe their assignment comes from the enemy. Yes, I do believe that. The Bible tells us that Satan had his seat in the city of Pergamos in Revelation. And some may think and some may say that that's more metaphoric in that area than reality. And that would be, an, I mean, that could be true as well in the sense that uh, I've seen different scholars say, well, that's just because there was such heavy demonic activity that that's the reason why it was. But you can read it. Let's go to, actually, let's read that. Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Revelation 2 and Revelation 3 are where seven churches are mentioned. Who's going to read that for us? I want somebody who, who, who will read that for us. Who's got it? Come on now, be brave. Against all evil, never run nor even lag behind. All right, go ahead, Brenda. Okay. Revelation 2, verses 12 and 13. And the angel of the church in, how do you say that, Pergamos? Pergamos, yes. Right. These things says, he who has the sharp two-edged sword, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas, Antipas, yeah. Antip Antipas was my faithful martyr. martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. So you see there, he, it could be literal. It could be figurative. The reality is, is that the demonic activity was so heavy that it was considered Satan's seat. Now, if you do a little bit more study of this city, actually there... There was a shrine actually there dedicated to the to a false god, and which was a center for heavy persecution against Christians. But we don't we don't have time to go into that right there. It's just 
just, just so that you understand, modern cities still have devils assigned to them. These spirits work to affect the people and even to find focused ambition and culture of the region and those, and those succumb uh, to their influence. Uh, their influence is ever-present and unflagging. So, for instance, one could say that San Francisco, maybe potentially the devil, that's the sign there, is one of homosexuality. I probably hear crickets because the culture is pushing us to normalize something that the Bible calls of a demonic nature. And I want to be careful in the sense that there are people trying to be influenced, but there's, there's deliverance and there's healing and there's wholeness. So I don't want to elevate, but, but I need you to know that Atlanta, uh, how do you, avarance, avarance is uh, like greed, wanting money. Just that's, that's basically what that is. It's, it's all about the show, the money. Potentially, Bristol, you could put religious. A spirit of religion hovers and rules in such a strong way in this area. To the point you even start talking about stuff like we're talking about right now, people will try to shut that down based off of a religious idea rather than the truth of Scripture. Uh, one might even say a, 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 a demonic work of poverty in this area. And then thirdly, the domain of demons is people. Demons of lower rank are assigned to people. These are spirits of suicide, depression, anger, pedophilia, addiction. I, I can go on and on and on. Devils ultimately want to possess human beings. So you and I have to understand as we're dealing with the, the demonic realm that, that they are real. Until they are permitted to, they simply buffet, minister, okay? Let me, let me help you there. Minister. You know, the Bible talks about that Satan has ministers that transform themselves into ministers of light, minister, torment, harass, and hinder the person. If the devil isn't resisted, he will continue to edge his way into a person's life. Demons seek to inhabit bodies, human bodies, because they seem to bring, it seems to bring rest to the unclean spirit. When they go out seeking, they're looking to find rest. Where you participate with demonic activity, his influence gains. His influence gains. I am fully convinced, and here's another thing. When the Bible talks about witchcraft, when the Bible talks about things of this nature, it's, it's equating the pathway for demonic activity to reside. We, we tend to think of Ouija boards and we tend to think of those who are more fringent on, uh, on witchcraft uh, and, and we point it out everywhere it is, but witchcraft goes further than just Ouija boards. Uh, it, it, it goes further than just occultish practices. 
uh, in fact, uh, witchcraft can be, the, the original word is pharmatikeia. The word pharmatikeia is where we eventually get the word pharmaceuticals. So does it mean to take medicine, you create a pathway? No, but here's what I do think it means. If you take it for the wrong reasons to get high, then it is pharmatikeia. It is witchcraft that will open your internal being up. And when your internal being gets opened up to the demonic, the demonic controls the way you think. You will rationalize your addiction. You will rationalize your decisions that cost you family and life and money and health and everything. Because it seems right here. But it's all a lie. It's all a lie. The devil is lying to you for one purpose. What did I say the devil's purpose was when I started this series we done here to say? To kill you. He is not your friend. He wants to destroy. And it's not just to destroy you, but to destroy God's effect in your life. God's purpose for your life and God's word in the ruling authority in your heart. So, so it's extremely important to recognize. That's why the Bible deals with the demonic. That's why the Bible says to resist him in the faith. That's why the Bible says submit yourself for him to God. Resist the devil. The Bible doesn't omit the fact that there is a devil. Couple the fact with the devil, his, his arena is to pull you into the fleshly self motivated realm where what is the satisfaction of your life is the craving of your flesh not the glorification of your God for with which you were created you were created to glorify God in his image and in his likeness but the enemy doesn't want that to happen so he doesn't want us to glorify God and what doesn't glorify God is blatant rebellion but how do I know I'm rebelling? You're, you rebel against his revealed standard, his word. Remember, he told Adam and Eve, you can't eat of this. Where did the enemy come in? To challenge what God said. Well, them Christians say, y'all do this, you shouldn't do this. If they're saying what the Bible says and you go ahead and do it because you don't like this Christian that said it to you in a mean way, this Christian that seemed to judge you, this Christian that seemed to put you down or hurt your feelings, listen to me, if that becomes our justification, it no longer is the object of that person that said it. Yes, they probably should have said it in love and yes, they probably should have said it in a different way. But if they said the truth, the actual rebellion is against the truth. And the rebellion against the truth is the pathway that demons travel to the thought process and the heart that ultimately gets you to the place that they want you of destruction. And unless the Holy Spirit helps you to reveal and look at your reality, and even when he does, you know what the first thoughts that start coming to you, how did I get there? How did I get here? Like, how did I get here? You get caught in addiction enough, you get caught in a sin long enough, you get caught in it deep enough, and you'll tell you, I never intended to be here. I didn't want to be here. 
that wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. The enemy will tell you it was because this happened, because that happened, because that. But the reality is, is that you agreed with his plot. And he came in. He found rest. Is this okay? Are, are we good? Okay. So none of us wants to participate with the devil. Amen? Man, I don't want to participate with him. So let's talk about this a little bit more. Whenever you find people, wherever you find people, you'll find demons. They thrive on the sins of man. Since they desire a habitation, they will move upon humans until someone yields their being over to the demon. And you say, well, that's, that's got to be like, man, who, like, how long can you withstand something coming at you? You, you have to understand something. When the Bible says, Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. He's referring to the God inside of you. So if you think the wearing down of the devil is something too hard to deal with, you need a fresh revelation of who's on the inside of you. Because if you think that the devil is any kind of match for the God that is in you, you woefully got the wrong revelation of God I put this on the other day literally I, literally, if God's finger moved toward the banishment of the enemy like that I don't care how big the demon is <laughs> I mean Jesus said I saw him fall like lightning from heaven like his rebellion lasted a nanosecond before boom you're done and when the Bible is referring to in John 4, 4 1 John 4 4 that greater is he that is in us, he's referring to the God inside of you, not your internal strength. Because internal strength, you might be weak, but the God in you is not weak and lacks nothing. So, so you gotta, man, if you're born again believer, if you're born again believer, there, there's more authority in your pinky, so to speak than the enemy has. You, you have to stand in your redemptive authority. Demons seek to influence. Let's, let's talk about their influence a little bit. Did I finish that statement up there? I didn't, did I? Since they desire a habitation, yes, I did. I finished that. Put it up there. Examples. Examples of demonic influence. Demons seek to influence man in every area. Health. Uh, Jesus healed all who were oppressed of the devil. You've read that in your Bible, right? Have you slowed down to think about that? How demonic activity could be actually leading to health issues? We got medical folk in this room, and I'm thankful, and, and I believe in it but I think you could also agree that there are some things that medicine just won't take care of. And there are some things that's very hard to nail down. Why not try the fact that there is a devil that can be at work in someone's life to the point 
that it leads over to we, we tell people not to fear and you know not to have anxiety and don't be anxious for nothing and all those sort of things we tell people that but sometimes we don't tell them that the root could be is there any area of your life you're agreeing with the devil because we can give you all the medicine in the world we can take you through a thousand prayer lines but until you stop agreeing with the enemy we can't help you don't agree with him don't agree with his rebellion so so it's extremely important for us to I mean that's why we study the word of God is to know the word of God and say Lord help me to do it the second thing, doctrine, doctrine of devils. Y'all read this in 1 Timothy 4 and 4. Somebody get that one for me. 1 Timothy 4 and 1, excuse me, and I said 4 and 4. Go ahead, Jan. Wait, let, let, the, let the microphone come in. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Okay, doctrines of devil. The word doctrine simply means teachings. It is a way with which the enemy teaches. When you go back to the garden, his way of teaching really in so many ways doesn't change. It's self-gratification over God-gratification. The reason the enemy is so slick is because he moves in the realm of self-gratification. And here's where kind of, if we're not careful and not discerning, Here's where that sets us up a little bit. When we seek the blessings of God, we typically want them manifested in a practical way that makes my life and your life better. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's just be honest. I want him to bless me in a way that makes my life better. Okay? I do. I want, I want him to bless me with health. I want him to bless me with things that I, that I need and some things that I want because I read a scripture that says if I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. Let's, let's be honest. But you understand that sets us up for a potential bait and switch, not from God, but how you get the blessing. The enemy offers instant gratification. The enemy entices toward that instant gratification that is not, it doesn't involve the process of God, waiting on God, conversing. You know what? Even if she was having a conversation with the devil, why didn't she say, wait a minute, before I make this decision, I got to go talk to God. I mean, why didn't she just say, whoa, whoa, I know my husband told me this, but God comes down here and he walks in the garden in the cool of the day and before, I just need to go find out for sure. So, a doctrine, a doctrine of devils is a doctrine, some type of teaching. And, and the Bible talks about in the last days, especially in Hebrews, that, that those types of doctrines find their way into the church. And when they find their way into the church, the message is more about self-gratification and self-help and self-exaltation rather than God-exaltation. Blessed because he blessed me. Strengthened because he strengthened me. The overall aura becomes people-focused and not God-focused. So you got to be very careful. Be very careful. The next thing, government. Many, many dictators are demonized. Communism, I personally believe this, 
is purely demonic. National demons seek to affect leaders of a country. Pol Pot, Hitler, Saddam Hussein, Hugo Chavez, Castro III. I believe these people were under demonic influence. I believe the enemy seeks to infiltrate our country. It is, friends, it is not the will of God to kill our babies. That's not Jehovah. That's not the way he works. And it bothers me, brother. It bothers me when you see a group of Christians that jump in and say, well, who are the bunch of white men in the White House that tell women what to do with their bodies? Come on, man. Maybe it's that little woman on the inside of your womb that I'm talking for. You ever thought of that? Here's the deal. It's not about control. It's about life. It's, of course, that leads into all kinds of conversations, but, but I do believe some things are very demonic in their nature. And, again, every lie has to have a hint of truth. You know what kind of, some of the truth they say, well, more population means more poverty. Not necessarily. That's stereotyping people. Talk about racism. That's racial profiling before they ever even get out of the womb. But instead of color, your size. You're profiling people before they ever get out. My, my, my point, my point is, is that I believe that there are demons that are trying to affect government, trying to affect cities, and ultimately trying to affect human beings. And here's how they manifest themselves. Education. I can get in trouble with this because I do believe there's a great education. But I do believe that there is a demonic work inside of education to undermine the thinking of people that puts life expendable, in my opinion, people less valued. Education. Many many godless doctrines are taught to children in education. Hitler preferred this, this means, this way. Education. I think you. I think it's very scary when dem, demonic entities run and demonic demons run education and media. I just think it's a that's a tough tough thing, and people have to deal with that. Am I calling all educators influenced by devils? Not and walk out of here alive. <laughs> I'm married to a teacher. What's wrong, y'all? No. That's not what I'm saying. However, I do believe, and I got I can prove to you that there is a way of thinking that thinks that religious influence in a society is really what's creating the division of a society. They say it's the religious influence that creates the division of a society. Anyway, family. The enemy seeks to operate in family. 
Family can be used to pull you away from God. Friends, friends can be uh, can be ambassadors for Satan. You got to watch who your friends are. Careful how you walk with family. Come on, somebody. I believe the enemy uses the it uses Hollywood arts. Am I telling you that all are bad? No, but I am telling you there's a whole lot that is normalizing things in front of your and my face all the time that says this is how life should be normal. Philosophy. Regions have different cultures and philosophies. People often change when they move to a new area or a community. Friends that you have may move to another area and all of a sudden their mind shifts. Their, their mindset changes. They've had some type of revelation. It wasn't a God revelation. It wasn't a biblical revelation. It was the influence of the people around them. People that started continuing saying the same things and saying it over and over again. And until you hear the intellectual, biblical authority opposite of what you're hearing, it sounds like it could be true. Psychology, non-biblical psychology can never deliver. Its founders were demonized, hypersexed, and deviant humanists. To this day, the study of psychology is of great importance to occult practitioners. Does that mean that all psychology is bad? No, it doesn't mean that. But there is a mode of thinking that can really careful which psychology practice you study. instruments are still in him. Music is a very powerful thing. Be careful. Am I one of them guys that believe all music outside of Christian music is demonic? No, I don't. I believe some of it can be just purely human interaction. So I'm not one that says that. However, however, you better be discerning because all it takes is a little bit to get into your thinking and you start thinking, well, really, is that wrong? Is it bad? I mean, it's not hurting this dude. Probably won't hurt me either. I mean, I can still do this and make it to heaven, can I? And it's that slippery slope down, 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 down. What is that enticing you away from the things of God? The very one that enticed Adam and Eve away from the things of God. So, so, Tried to give you some things about this this area, the order and the habitation of demons. And that wraps up this episode of the Covenant Fellowship Podcast. For more information about who we are, please visit us at cfbristol.com or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We hope that you have a blessed day. And as always, just like we find in Isaiah 60, verse 1, we hope you arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.